Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 11 of Musicians for Mental Health. On this podcast, we speak with musicians about mental health openly and honestly without the veil of lyrics. On this episode, I speak with Kevin Andrew of the band Guardrail. Um, They're a diet punk, uh, as they call themselves, uh, outfit out of Chicago. Um, But basically, Kevin and I were able to talk about men's mental health um, and kind of somewhat generalized depression, anxiety, things like that, things that we've experienced. Um, We talk about kind of what it was like growing up and going through high school and things like that for us and that feeling that you know you're you're kind of a background character in your own story um and through this conversation we discussed a lot about um finding our way through music and finding some some comfort in it and a sense of community where you know listening to these punk bands and pop punk and post-hardcore and all this, uh, we were able to find a lot of people that not only we looked up to or do look up to, um, but also just the community around them that supports them and likes the same music and, and whatnot that can relate to us. And, you know, Kevin tells a really, really cool story in this conversation um, about a tragic event that happened and getting the phone call on the way to a show that he was going to and just the way that you know he was kind of able to use that show to um I don't want to say deflect but kind of redirect some energy um and I think it's a, a really good conversation I think you guys are going to enjoy it um again we talk about a little bit about toxic masculinity, um, men's mental health specifically to some degree, depression, anxiety, um, finding community, using music to uh, cope, for lack of a better term, with some of the stuff that goes on in your life. So let's go ahead and dive into this conversation I had with Kevin. Huge shout out to him for taking the time to do this and being open and honest. Um and yeah, let's let's get into this conversation with Kevin Andrew of the band Guardrail. Uh, so to kick things off, let's do the boring ass intro. Uh, <laughs> you know, who are you? Uh, kind of why are we having this discussion? And just a little, you know, background on yourself. All right. So uh, my name is Kevin. I sing in a band called Guardrail. Uh, we're out of Chicago. Um, essentially, like the 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 thing that drew me to punk rock to begin with as a child as a I don't know nine-year-old was you know just uh just just looking at the other types of music and you know the pop music the stuff like that um you know it was always like it was cool like I was super into music and you know my first concert was the Backstreet Boys when I was about 10 um you know and I was super into that but then I, I saw you know bands like uh blink 182 and uh some 41 and stuff like that on on tv and like you know seeing blink on trl and stuff like that was such a right such a different uh 
type of guest to have on that show being that you know usually it was all these pop stars and everything but the the blink dudes seemed just like normal ass dudes right and that that just like i don't know as a nine-year-old kid who you know my only um you know experience with you know quote-unquote rock stars you're like you know those these larger than life people you know like freaking you know steven tyler and stuff like that you know and even the pop stars like the backstreet boys or britney spears and you know they're all they all seem like such larger than life human beings and then blink just seemed like kids you'd hang out with or like kids that like you know my family friends would be friends with you know just so it just you know it struck a chord with me it just seemed so honest and and that's kind of what drew me into punk rock to begin with and I, I dove into it and I just I found more and more and more of that um and you know being that I was you know kind of a kind of a late bloomer I you know girls didn't really like me my voice didn't crack till I was 16 I when I was a freshman in high school I was about four foot eight um I people were just like who is this like a gifted child what is right what is happening and I'm just like <laughs> do you want to go to the dance with me They're like no <laughs> and um and then also just growing up in a strict kind of like catholic environment you know i went to catholic school up until high school i went to a public high school um it was it was such a i, I don't know i felt like i grew up a little differently than the people i i you know came to be friends with when i was in high school and um and I, I kind of, when I'd ha- be having bad days and stuff like that, you know, whether I was getting picked on or just feeling, you know, bad about myself, had low self-esteem or just feeling anxious or, or whatever, it, I, I would just sit in my room and play guitar and play along to Bowling for Soup songs and yeah. stuff like that in my room. And, and that's, you know, the more I was doing that in my room, the more I was like, I want to try and you know, write my own music. It took me forever to get myself into a position where I was in a band where I actually wrote my own music. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of the first the first couple of bands I was in, I didn't do a lot of writing, but um, but I, I kind of wanted to kind of give back this in the same ways that I took from it as a kid growing up, and it helped me through things like that. So a lot of my songs, um, you know, I I, I very much. Um, kind of relate to to bands like Bowling for Soup or even like the Bouncing Souls or things like that where their songs sound real happy and and kind of silly but then like you actually read the lyrics and you go like oh they're just kind of like putting on a brave face and talking about something that kind of sucks you know and I I, a lot of our music is the same way it sounds kind of happy and you know for the longest time our, our most popular song was called Miserable but it sounded happy even though it's like the 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 chorus is i've been a miserable mess i've been depressed but it's got some catchy woes and you know so you actually read the lyrics and you're like oh kevin kevin was going through some shit huh you know yeah so but but i think to your point that's that's the thing with kind of the the punk rock the pop punk all that is these songs you know you mentioned the word honesty um Mm -hmm. in their music and I think that's such a, a true case. And like music should be happy to some extent. So there is that mm-hmm. juxtaposition of like, well, we want to be happy and upbeat, but we've got real shit to talk about. So like, mm-hmm. you know, how, how do we meld these together? And I think the thing is, 
you know, and, and you guys, I think, are in this class as well where, um, you know, it's as much a, a therapy session and writing about things that you've experienced and, and whatnot. It's almost a, a little bit of a celebration as well that I made it through that shit. I'm still mm -hmm. here. You know, we're, we're still moving forward. And I think that's the, the part that a lot of outs, quote unquote, outsiders don't see in the punk rock scene or metalcore or whatever. They just assume, oh, you, you listen to angry music or listen to sad music. <laughs> kind of. But at the same time, those <laughs> people are still here to, to talk about it. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I also like just kind of one thing that just came to mind when you said that, like, um, I remember talking with a friend of mine fairly recently about the like kind of emo night sort of yeah. thing, whether it's like, you know, just at some local bar or if it's that official like emo night that travels around and shit. And um, it, it's it's kind of a bummer. I used to go to there's one um, out out here in Chicago that I would go to a lot. And I kind of stopped coming because it, it, when it started out, it was it was a lot of people like me, whether there was people in other bands or people just from the scene, just people that I'd see at shows all the time and, and whatnot. And we'd come and they'd play, you know, all the all the, all the hits, you know, from right. the 2000s and, you know, and even sometimes earlier, sometimes a little later, but, you know, all those classic, you know, the Fall Out Boy and, um, you know, Taking Back Sunday, all that. And, and we it was like a celebration of that. But then, like, it became kind of trendy and I'd see less and less people that I recognized and more and more people that like probably threw on their only black outfit that they own and they're still wearing like heels and they can't come out to this thing and like they play the deep cut stuff that I, I know and no one has any idea what's going on you know they play a band like Homegrown or something like that or like a, a deep alkaline trio cut no one knows what the fuck that is and then Panic at the Disco comes on everyone's like oh yeah I'm like oh so this is like this is shit that got me through hard times but then this is just like a a, a, a gimmick for you or like a trend and yeah. it kind of it kind of left a sour taste in my mouth so like i don't really go to many of those anymore but um yeah yeah it's it's I, weird I, I think part of it is it, it has become trendy but it's that nostalgia mm -hmm. like everybody mm -hmm. to your point everybody knows panic at the disco i write sins not tragedies like yeah <laughs> come on um you know mm -hmm. fallout boy that that first and second album, especially everybody mm -hmm. knows those songs. So it's, I think there is a lot of that where it started out as a kind of a grassroots thing of community. And then yeah. it became, Oh, well, this is, this is kind of cool. Maybe, you know, I do remember those songs. I enjoyed, you know, I'm a huge yellow card fan, honestly, but like, you know, there's <laughs> people that are just like, Oh, I remember ocean Avenue. Let's go fucking yeah. rock out to that. <laughs> exactly yeah and i like not, nothing against those people but it's just like for me personally it just became not my thing because it was it seemed less of a celebration of our kind of uh history and our music scene and more of like a like let's go be emo tonight you know so right um yeah i don't know that was just a thought i had <laughs> it just when no, you brought I, that up you know yeah I, I totally get that and you know i think the thing i've kind of tried to get people to understand whether it's friends, family, whatever, you know, cause I'm in the same boat as you, like growing up, it was all like classic rock because of my dad, you know, whatever was on in the car until I was old enough to buy my own, you know, CDs and, and whatnot. Yeah. And um, then started exploring and I was the same way, like mm -hmm. Green Day, Blink-182, 
Uh, I'll never forget listening to Hybrid Theory the first time, you know, like, there's just so much music that I got into for the same reason. Like, I was going through shit, and I started hearing these songs where I'm like, oh, they've been through something, you know, like, Uh this is close or whatever. And I think what it is for me that I try to get people to understand is um, the stupid-ass cliche, this isn't a phase, it's it's a lifestyle, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, That, you know, like... It sounds really, really bad, especially in this society, to say, like, cultural appropriation. But Mm -hmm. to some extent, that's what this sort of feels like, where, like, I grew up having these problems. And these bands, Yellow Card literally saved my life, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. if I didn't have that album, I wouldn't be here. Uh, Yeah. So then to go back and have all these other people that are like, oh, yeah, that was on the Madden, you know, 2004 (laughs) soundtrack, like cool fuck off like we're not the same people you know <laughs> yeah exactly i just recently made a joke we were um, around halloween uh, my girlfriend and i like just spirit halloween hop you just you know <laughs> find all the ones and just go because we just we decorate our house with that shit all, you know yeah. just year round and and I, I saw like a, a bunch of like punk rocker outfits for, you know and i was just yeah. like my culture is not a costume like <laughs> yeah. just i had to make that joke it's it's definitely not a as serious of a thing as like you know native americans or whatever right. but like but yeah just i just i had to make that joke <laughs> no, I, but i totally agree and i i think you know my my point and kind of your point with it too i'm sure is it the community that you can find when it comes mm-hmm. to emo music punk music things like that is to me so much richer and more connected than people that are just fans of pop music or whatever, you know, like yeah. when we were growing up, everybody liked Backstreet Boys because they were the fucking Backstreet Boys, you know, like hell yeah, liked they were in sync, you know. <laughs> um, but like to say that I have friends because of those bands, no. Do I have yeah. friends because of My Chemical Romance or Yellow Card? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The community has been a, a huge thing in helping me kind of like. I mean, I'm 32 and I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck I am, but like, um, it's, it's really helped in that journey. Just having that community of like the music scene, especially here in Chicago, there's such a good music scene and I can, I can just go to a show by myself and I'll, I'll find at least one person I know there. Um, whether it's, you know, just the other day I went and saw Alkaline Trio and Bad Religion at like a 3000 cap room and still bumped into a couple of people I knew, you know? And, um, but I mean, I, growing up, I, you know, I, my family went to church every Sunday and I went to Catholic school and my parents are pretty religious. And, um, you know, I, I always kind of joke that I was, you know, growing up, I was like butters from South park, like the sweet little kid, but like, Oh, I was always grounded for like the dumbest shit. And, um, and I, I remember recently within the last maybe five years or something like that. Um, my, my sister had graduated college. So my parents had a little, um, a party for her. Um, just, you know, family, family, friends, whatever came by and, and it was like a, a during the day thing. So by like eight o'clock, nine o'clock, everyone was pretty much gone except for a few of my sister's friends. And I was just kind of sitting in the back, uh, in my parents' backyard with my mom and, you know, she had a bunch of wine. I had a bunch of whiskey. We were just kind of talking about life and, um, and she, she kind of brought up the whole, like, like, oh, you don't go to church anymore. And that's, that worries me. And that's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, I, 
I, I was like, all right, well, now, I, I'm a little drunk. This is about, about as good a time as any to, you know, kind of explain my myself a little bit to my mom. And you know, I kind of explained that, you know, going to, you know, I, especially, you know, before COVID, obviously, but I, I'd go to, you know, several shows a month, sometimes three, you know, three or four in the same weekend, you know, and it was, I, I explained to my mom how like the, it, it's, it's kind of a ritual in a way, like, I don't go because I'm just like, yeah, it's partying, get fucked up. Like, obviously, that's a, a little part of it. But like, right. <laughs> you know, I, I still I, I go because I, I need to be in front of the live music. I take it all in. I'm watching the band. I'm experiencing the songs that they're playing, especially if it's a band that means a lot to me. Um, or even if it's just friends of mine, I'm like, I'm watching my friends play and I'm feeling happy because I'm seeing them kick ass. And um you know, I, I told my mom the same way that you have your community, you go to church every Sunday and you see people, you know, and you catch up. Oh, how's your how's your daughter doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like that's the same thing that I get out of the music scene. Right. And out of going to shows. And it, I, I am a part of a community and I feel, you know, the, the love and the warmth and the, and, you know, the the welcoming that my folks do when they go to church. And my my mom was kind of like, I never thought about it that way. And it was, it was kind of nice to actually like see her eyes open a little bit more of to like why I do what I do. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool. Especially, you know, not to bag on religion, but you know, I mm -hmm. was forced to go to church for a long time myself as well. And it just, it wasn't my thing, you know, like a, the church that I went to, there was only like three people that were even close to my age everybody else was <laughs> considerably older you know what i mean and so like yeah you want to you want to talk about building this community and and having these people that you can grow with but i didn't have that at church but when mm -hmm. i started getting into music and going to even local shows at fucking vfw halls that are like <laughs> you know 50 60 people at a time yeah like, that's where i found the people that i'm like oh i i can be around people that make me happy and this is a thing that helps me feel better about the shit going on in my life. Much like to your point, you know, going to church for a lot of people is that fix. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be that, you know? And yeah, I think, I think anywhere that you can find community that supports you and is happy for you and, and helps your life improve. I think that's the, ultimately the goal, right? Yeah. A hundred percent. And I mean, if, if I, you know, if it weren't for me going to Catholic school and shit like that, um, I wouldn't have met our uh, guardrails guitarist. Ken is an old friend of mine who I met at Catholic school when, when we were like 10 years old. Um, we've been friends ever since we've been playing music together since as long as we've been able to play music together. Um, and, you know, we've been in, I think four or five different bands together. Um, just, Oh shit. I unplugged my headphones. <laughs> Can you hear me? Yep. yep. Tight. We're good. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it weren't for that, like, yeah, I would have never met Ken and I wouldn't have this like musical soulmate that I have, you know, but yeah. Um, but it, that, that time came and went for me and it's, it's not something I need anymore. And cause I found that fix elsewhere. Right. And I, I think that's probably the, the key point to that is that it's okay to grow. You know, like mm -hmm. at some point, everyone needs to reevaluate their life to some extent and say, do 
do I truly find happiness in this whatever anymore? Or am I finding that somewhere else, you know, and whether that's, you know, friendships, uh, the community, like we're talking about, whatever it is, you know, I think as long as you have people, you know, definitely tying it here into the mental health side of this, as long as you have people around you that you can communicate with, that you can grow with, that you can be connected to, that's, that's the goal. You know, there's a lot of people that go to church every week and mm -hmm. feel alienated as hell and don't feel like they're connected. Yeah. And, and, you know, <clears throat> being able to go to shows too is, is, and even just play shows. Um, there's been a lot of instances where like, you know, a friend of mine passed away or, or something like that, or I'm, I'm going through some shit and I go to a show, be around people that, you know, I know and love and get, I'm, I'm able to talk about, you know, I think the, the most like kind of recent example of this is like uh, sometime in like 2019, um, I, I was on my way to a show. I was seeing some friends of mine open up for some other band and um, it was like my sixth show within four days. Like I just was, it was just a busy ass weekend of shows. And, um, and I'm, I'm on my way there and I get a text message from uh, an old coworker of mine from this pizza place I used to work at. And he, uh, he said that one of our old bosses got like murdered. I was like, Whoa, like, and he was a dude that like, I worked with, you know, several days a week for five years, you know? And it, I had to like kind of pull over and be like, what the fuck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and then as I went to the show, I grabbed a beer and I, I walk in and my buddy, uh, one of my friends comes up. He's like, Hey man, good to see you. I'm like, dude, my old boss got murdered. <laughs> he was like, yeah. what? Oh my God. I'm like, he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I don't know. I'm still processing this information. And he's like, well, let me get you a drink. And you know, it just, it was, it was nice to be around that environment when that news broke to me and I was able to kind of process, process it in a good environment. And rather than just sitting at home and by myself or sitting at work or something, you know, I was able yeah. to do that because I went to this random show that I just knew people that were playing at, you know, it's, and there's been so many instances like that over the years that something like that'll happen or, you know, some, I get in a car accident or, or fucking, you know, I get broken up with or something like that. And, you know, I'm able, I'm able to cope with it through the, through music. And that's why I, will never not do that and <laughs> never right. not be a part of the scene. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, so I'm 36 and I have people all the time that are like, I can't believe you still listen to like, you know, punk rock or emo or whatever, <laughs> you know, you're, you're the old man in the group now. And I'm like, yeah, I am, but I still mm -hmm. relate to it. I still connect with it. And until that changes, that's where I want to be, you know? Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> for uh for a little bit um i want to say it was like 2018 maybe i uh i drove for lyft for a little while mm -hmm. and i just i i still had this shitty like old ipod that i would just i i threw a bunch of songs on that was just like i, I just made sure they were like kind of safe for like normal people quote right, unquote right. you know <laughs> where like you know there wasn't like screaming or excessive f words and shit like that you know just yeah, a lot of like, you know, pop punk, you know, alternative stuff, like even some like ska and some emo stuff, you know, Jimmy Eat World, that kind of thing, you know. And um, there were, there's a lot of times where I'd pick up some people that were like, you know, maybe roughly my age and maybe a little bit older. And 
they hear the music I'm listening to and they're, they're like, holy shit, I used to listen to this all the time. And I would just be, oh, my response was always like, what happened? Yeah. And they're just like, I don't know, man. Um, like one, one in particular was this girl I picked up from you know downtown Chicago. And it was like right around the time where, you know, work's getting out. And this girl is uh, about my age, you know, at the time I was, you know, late 20s. Um, and she's dressed in just like straight up business attire, you know, a, a pencil skirt, high heels, you know, the whole thing. I had her hair done up and um, just like business as fuck. And, you know, she gets in my car and I'm, I'm driving her and, and I'm listening to Sum 41. And she was like, oh, my God, Sum 41. They were my favorite band when I was in college. And I was like, what? I was like, that's awesome. I was like, have you ever seen them? She's like, no. I was like, yeah, I've seen them a bunch of times. She's like, man, I haven't listened to this in forever. I, I, I used to have so much fun listening to this this kind of music. And I was like, well, what, what made you stop? And she's like, oh, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, well, it's not too late to jump back in. She's like, you're right. I'm going to go home and listen to every Sum 41 song. <laughs> I'm like, do it. <laughs> like, do a deep dive. And I like to think that, like, I kind of, you know, made her day by going like, you know, remembering the good times, like, yeah. just from listening to some 41 and probably doing that with her friends and stuff, you know, and yeah. hopefully I made her day, you know, for sure. Just for from sure. That. And I, I think part of it is, you know, the thing that people don't want to admit is I had to quote unquote grow up, right? Like, yeah, you know, I had to get the business job. I had to start working in an office. I grew up, so I can't listen to that anymore. And it's like, nah, nah, fuck that. Like, yeah, I work in an office and luckily with where I work, I'm allowed to wear headphones and stuff while I'm doing my job. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's literally, there's always music playing in my ears and it's everything from like you guys, guardrail and, you know, <laughs> pop punk, whatever. Like the other day I was sitting at my desk listening to fucking um the new memphis may fire and okay. <laughs> one of my coworkers asked me a question i turned and i answered her and i had taken my airpod out and set it on the desk and wasn't thinking and went back and hit play on my watch so now it's not connected to the bluetooth you know so oh, it's just no. gonna air <laughs> yeah it just starts airplay and she's like how are you sitting over there perfectly calm listening to someone scream in your <laughs> ear? And I'm like, it, it gets me through the day. You know what I mean? I, yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's what I like. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, a lot of, a, a lot of that stuff too. It's like, I'll be, I'll be, you know, driving in the car and like, you know, after the burial comes on or something like that. And I'm just, I'm just driving all gone. And I like, I kind of think to myself, I'm like, I probably look ridiculous to like the, you know, average person, <laughs> like yeah. just, you know, pumping this like brutal shit. Well, especially got a smile on my face. <laughs> yeah. Especially like summers in Chicago, right? Windows down, radio up. Yeah. Just, man, that guy's on his way to murder somebody, right? Like... <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, but then like you think about it, it's like so many of these bands, like, you know, they, they might sound super angry and shit, but the like, you know, there, there were nights where I'm having, having a rough go of it, or I'm, you know, dealing with some seasonal depression or I'm, I'm being super anxious or in one of my fucking like, you know, low self-esteem moods. And I'm just sitting there with that blaring in my headphones and just kind of vibing out to that. And it's my therapy. So then when I hear that shit, there's, there's countless bands or artists or songs or albums that just like take me back to like, Oh yeah, I was going through this bullshit when, this record came out or when I discovered this record or something like that. Yeah. And then like, and then I can 
when I do listen to, you know, that record, I can go back and sort of, you know, reflect on that moment in my life and, and think about like, yeah, I was, I was going through some shit and I got over it and it was partly, you know, this album helps me with that. Just being able to, you know, just sort of, you know, relate to the, even if it wasn't even the lyrics, if it was just like the mood of the music, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's such a weird thing that, that that can happen, but it does. And it's, it's, it's wonderful. And that, that's why I do what I do coming back to that is like, I, I want to be able to do that for other people. And, yeah. and I, I mean, that's why like our, our last uh, EP that we put out last year, um, it's called Yikes. And it, I just wrote all six songs about like turning 30 and being like, fuck, yeah. like, is this where I thought I'd be when I was 10 years old at 30? <laughs> like, definitely not. You know, yeah. like, this, this is way different than I anticipated and it's way harder than I anticipated. And I kind of wrote all those songs because, you know, most of the people around me and my friend group and stuff are about my age. So I'm like, what? what songs would I want to listen to dealing with the anxiety of being an adult and, and crossing that barrier out of your twenties and um, just, just trying to relate. And I, 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 a lot of the songs I wrote, I, I sort of generalized that I wasn't being super specific, but I also joked around in some of the songs and some of the lyrics aren't super serious. I kind of tried to let my personality pop through in the same way that blink 182 does that shit with their stuff which that you know then made me want to listen to blink 182 more because i got an idea of who they are as people and could relate to them so like i try to do that with with this record and i feel like it was some of our strongest stuff just because i was coming back to honesty i was just being honest about like oh shit like i'm disappointed with how things are going but then so are most of my <laughs> friends you know so yeah and I, I think that's the thing especially in like today's society with instagram and facebook and everything else or meta if we're gonna change the name <laughs> on it already uh oh shit yeah but like i think it's so easy nowadays for people to to get in that terrible habit of comparing themselves to what they see online from others you know like oh 100 but people aren't honest with Instagram most of the time or Facebook or whatever. So mm -hmm. like, you know, to your point, growing up, am I where I thought I would be when I was growing up? No, not even close. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But looking at it from a different perspective now, I'm like, but most of, to, to your point, most of my friends and the people that I enjoy being around and stuff aren't where they thought they would be when they were mm -hmm. young. So is it really that, life has fucked me up or fucked me over on the way or is this maybe where i was supposed to be and you know what i mean like you have yeah. to try to change your perspective on it some and and be you know i i won't say i'm a, a unhappy person or do i still wish that i fucking won the lottery absolutely you know like <laughs> <laughs> let's be real yeah. But, it, yeah but at the same time like things could be so much worse and and to have the community and the friends that I, you know, to your point too, that I've made through music, I could be having a bad day. And because of those friends, I know that I can text, you know, six different people 
and get responses and be able to be like, yeah, let's go for a drive. Like, let's go listen to music, whatever. Um, and I think yeah. that's the importance of, you know, we've talked a lot about community so far. That's the importance of finding the people that you're meant to be around versus who you yeah. think you should be around. Mm-hmm. 100%. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing to have and I'm happy to be a part of it and be able to kind of, you know, make, make songs about my anxiety or my depression or my, uh, you know, kind of, uh, unhappiness, I guess, with just how things are in the world or how things are in my life and know that there's people out there that can hear that song and be like, yeah, he gets it, (laughs) you know, like, like they, and they, they might be sitting there going through the, you know, someone might not have a lot of friends or, or whatever, and doesn't, don't have, you know, anyone to compare their, their inner monologue to, or their inner thoughts to, and they might feel lonely that way. And I, I know I get that way a lot too. Um, especially like, I mean, shit, like recently with like the, I don't know what it is about this year, but like seasonal depression has just been like kicking my ass the last couple of weeks, like, or shit the last couple of months. Um, Yeah. I think, you know, not to cut you off. I think why seasonal depression this year seems so much worse. Cause I'm in the same boat as you, as far as this, I think it's because we've been through the fucking lockdown with COVID. And, yeah. You know, we've not really had like this summer that we got to go out and fuck around. And so this as winter comes in now it gets darker earlier we unfortunately have to participate in fucking daylight savings time and (laughs) like yeah it's six o'clock right now looking out my window it it might as well be fucking 10 o'clock at night right like Mm -hmm. so (laughs) yeah shit i work from home too which also sucks so i'm sitting at home all day just like me and my dog just me taking phone call i do customer service so of course that's not something that's healthy for my (laughs) psyche um and you know especially these days um since it gets darker earlier and the 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 clocks change i my typical shift is nine to six and you know by the time i get up and i'm getting ready that's like when the sun came up and then by the time i'm off at six the sun's pretty much down right so i got you know I'm just sitting here at my computer, just talking to morons on the phone all day. And then it's nighttime. <laughs> and, yeah. and then like in the times that like, you know, I am like, to, I'm, I was off today and I'm just kind of sitting here like by myself with my dog, like my girlfriend's at work. And I'm just like stuck with my thoughts mm-hmm. and just like, oh, like it, it's Friday. Most, most people are at work. So I'm just like, oh my God, it's just, it's just a nightmare. So I'm like tr- trying to like, all right, I need to do something productive today. So like before this call, I did the dishes and I'm like, fuck yeah, I did something today. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and honestly, sometimes that's, that's what it takes, right? Like, it, and it can be super hard. And that's speaking from my personal experience too. But sometimes it's as simple as like, I have to fucking do dishes. I have to take the trash out. Like to, to just get me to the point where I can say I didn't waste the day. Mm hmm. Yeah, I I find myself wasting a lot of time just because of that and just because of like, I have like, so like I'm a very like, you know, social person, but I do have like social anxiety and it's not when I'm in a social situation, it's before I get there. Mm 
-hmm. like leaving the house is like it's like um i don't know i was listening to uh last week uh howie mandel was on conan o'brien's podcast and he was talking about his his ocd and it was funny because like i i definitely am not ocd but hearing how he talks about trying to leave the house and make sure the door's locked. He's like, if I, if I like forgot to take my medication or something like that, I'll like check the door and I'll, I'll get in the car. I'll be like, wait, the door closed all the way. And I'll go back and check. And then I go, okay, well it's locked now. And then I go, well, wait, maybe jiggling the handle like that knocked it loose. So I got to check it again. And he just keeps doing that. He's like, okay, yeah. well I pounded on the door and it didn't open, but maybe that, that pound knocked the door open. So now I got, and it was just like that, and I have a similar thing to where when I'm trying to leave the house or even just get ready in the morning or do something, I'm like making sure I did everything I need to do. And a lot of the shit that I end up focusing on is like not even stuff that's like, oh, I need to trim my fingernails. Like, no, I don't. I can do that later. Like, right. And and I, I get stuck trying to be like, OK, or even just going to sleep. I'll be like, OK, am I have I had enough like me time? Do, like do i am i ready to go to sleep yet or no shit maybe i should watch one more episode of the show like it's just like this weird anxious feeling of like i didn't do enough before i left the house and that sucks because it makes me late all the time and for no reason <laughs> well, and and it sucks and then once you're out you're like it kind of ruins my day because then i'm like i'm out and about i'm having fun but then like in the back of my mind i'm like are they mad that i was late did they like it, like is it okay do, do they know or is, are they are they mad at me do they are right. they like t- thinking shitty thoughts behind my back about like oh here he goes again he's late again which i'm sure they are because i bring attention <laughs> to it because i can't not i'm like you know hey uh sorry i'm late again <laughs> like and so many times when i see that post going around it's just like oh like say you uh you're in a scenario where you have to invite someone to a function and if they show up late you win a million dollars who are you inviting i get tagged in that shit all the time <laughs> but like it sucks because i can't help it and then i and then i feel like shit because i like i feel like i let people down and it's it, and then that just makes me spiral and then i already have like a poor self-image so then i'm just like I, I just go down a, a rabbit hole and then this whole seasonal depression thing is not helping that at all so it's just right. like oh my god <laughs> no i i totally get that because i'm i'm the same way like the late thing i try not to be because my dad was military when i was growing up so like oh word it was it was that whole like if you're not 15 minutes early to whatever you're doing you're late so like Oof, yeah you know it, i i have to try to do that but you know i've done the same thing literally just yesterday you mentioned the the door thing Mm-hmm. Got out, you know, to leave for work, jumped in the car, opened the garage, started to back out the garage. And I'm like, mm, I don't know if that door closed all the way. Pulled right back into the garage, went in, you know, no, it's yeah. closed. Okay. And then went back in the car and all that. But like, I think the other side of that too is because of the mindset that we have a lot of times, you know, constantly on the go. When we mm-hmm. get days, you know, like today for you having a day off, like there's so many things we want to do. Like this weekend, I'm finally caught up. I do photography outside of my day job and stuff. I'm caught up on all my photo shoots. So now I'm like, cool, I can do stuff. There's like three video games I want to fucking play. I want to watch this movie. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I, I can't do all this shit, but I, yeah. but I want to do all this shit. And, you know, it's, it's about trying to find that balance in life, which I'm 36 and I fucking haven't found it yet. So uh, good yeah. luck, I guess. But... <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah it's it's definitely super weird um that you you find yourself in these weird like you're, you're like stuck in this like like oh like maybe maybe and, and then of course too like once i if i do leave on time i'm like oh yeah i left on time and then i get like stuck at the train tracks when the freight train's coming and i'm like well yep. fuck <laughs> Now they're just going to think that I was late again. And even if I'm just a couple minutes late, I'm like, well, I still wasn't on time. God damn it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a nightmare in my, in my own brain. And it's probably not even as big a deal as I make it out to be, but I don't know. Well, it's one of those things too. Like, obviously if it was that big of a deal to them, either a, you would stop being invited or whatever, but yeah, exactly. But at the same time, like I totally get that. And it's like, should I, should I take a photo of the train to show them that I was stuck behind the train? Like, what do I do? Like, Oh, look, here, here was a yeah. car accident that I had to wait for or whatever, and <laughs> especially up in Chicago. Right. Like some of the oh, roads up there. I love coming to Chicago, but I fucking hate driving in Chicago a lot of the time. Yeah. There's a, a reason I'm not a Lyft driver anymore, man. Like <laughs> it's just, I did it for like, I don't know, five months. And it was just, that was, that was more than enough. If like, people are like, would you ever do that again? I'm like, fuck no. Um, if I had to, I obviously would, but like, mm, yeah, not because I wanted to. Right. Not, That's not for a sure. straight willing choice. Like I remember <laughs> one of the first times I drove up there, um, shit, I was going to the house of blues a concert and i don't remember who the concert was but this was back before smartphones i just had a little mm. garmin gps yep and i had Those to turn days. on yeah i had to turn on uh wacker street and i'm like well fuck am i going on upper wacker lower wacker well oh. you know, where am i gonna be <laughs> yeah you may as well just move to wacker because you live there now if you're right. stuck <laughs> down there yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, change it your was, address it was lower whacker i'm driving on it and then the gps loses signal because there's a of fucking course. road above me so i'm like i don't know where to fucking go i just have to get out of here <laughs> yeah there's been there's been quite a few times in my youth where i i like i grew up in the suburbs so it's not like i was driving downtown chicago a lot but when i would i'd get stuck in lower whacker and i'm just like what what <laughs> help yeah. like you know 17 18 years old i'm just like whoa Am I ever going to see my family again? Like, <laughs> It really is the worst, though. And, you know, I'm hoping people from Chicago listen to this podcast and are like, I fucking get that, guys. Like, yeah, that that's real life. Yeah, exactly. Man. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about we kind of talked about it before I had you introduce yourself and stuff. Um, a little bit around November is men's mental health awareness month um so i want to touch on it a little bit and i told you i'm i'm a little apprehensive about it because some people are obviously you know the trolls if you will are going to be like oh he's only talking about because he's a he's a straight white male and you know <laughs> the victim card or whatever and it's like no, uh, fuck that it's a real problem um, yeah but you know i think you can attest to this too and you can go into whatever detail you're you're comfortable with with it but yeah like for a long time, I didn't address my mental health, you know, even like I did it through music and that was it. Like I listened to the songs I related to. I listened to the bands that that felt like they were me, but I didn't ever for a very long time say like, hey, something's not right with my mind or whatever, because I, mm -hmm. we talked about toxic masculinity as well. Like I knew if yeah. I approached it because of the stigma around mental health, I was going to be told 
uh, you're just having a bad day. Like, man up, mm -hmm. it'll be fine. What was that like kind of for you, you know, growing up in Chicago, the, the Catholic school, things like that? Like, how <laughs> did that play out in your mind? Man, I like, so like growing up, I was like, it was weird. I, I, you know, my, I, I never saw my dad cry or like get emotional, um, except when his dad died. I think that was like the one time I ever saw my dad cry when he was, uh, or when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and like, you, you know, like, you know, growing up as a kid, you, you see that and you kind of go like, yeah, he's, he's big and tough. So you like, you know, you look up to your dad that way. Um, so like in some ways, like that was probably good for me. It kind of helped me like be like, oh, like suck it up. But like a lot, I was also a friggin' crybaby when I was a kid. I cried over everything. Someone cheated in, in tag, I would cry. And like, you know, just things like that. And that was more because like, I'm just, I'm just a sensitive dude, I guess. Like, I don't know. And, and then also like kind of tying that in with like, you know how I mentioned earlier, I was like, I was kind of a late bloomer, kind of a late bloomer. I was absolutely a late <laughs> bloomer. Um, yeah, like, like I said, my my junior year of high school, um, you know, you you go away for summer and then you you don't see certain people that you go to high school with for the whole summer because you don't really hang out with them outside of school, you know, or right. whatever, just acquaintances of yours, and they don't see you for three months and then you come back and um, I was like, hey guys, and they're like, hey, your voice is a little deeper. I'm like, fucking finally, like. <laughs> I'm becoming a man now. Um, and, but, but still like that was, that was hard to like be in junior high and see like, you know, a little boyfriend, girlfriend couples popping up and right. it, it, no one wanted to, to, to date the runt, you know? And, yeah. um, and then even into high school, like, like I remember I found my yearbook recently of my freshman year of high school. And it's like, God damn, you look like you're eight years old. It's like, yeah, I was 14. <laughs> like, yeah. Jesus. But, um, but yeah, that, that was kind of hard to be like, you know, I, I wanted to be manly. So then the girls would like me, but like, I, I physically could not. <laughs> like, right. Just, you know, I, I can't be manly and sound like Mickey Mouse. Like, I, I can't do that. Um, so that was like, that was really hard for me to fucking deal with. So that I, I was always like, you know, my dad was super into sports. So he kind of would kind of like, not really push me, but encourage me to like, I, I was like, Oh, I want to be like Michael Jordan. I want to like, so, you know, the, the bulls were huge when I was a kid. So, yep. you know, I wanted to play basketball so bad. Cause I was like, yeah, basketball's fun. I liked shooting hoops in my driveway, but like I fucking sucked at it. And I, I tried that. I'm like, maybe if I was an athlete, people would like me and like and it, it also comes down to the community thing um going back to that because I didn't really have a lot of friends growing up I had I had a, a few you know that were my usual but like I wasn't a jock I wasn't a nerd I wasn't a metalhead I wasn't like preppy I what like I, I wasn't I was kind of an in-betweener yeah I had I had a couple friends in like every little click and then like once I finally got to high school because I, I finally started playing guitar. I got a guitar for my eighth grade graduation from my grandparents. And that's when I started. So then going into high school, I was like taking guitar lessons. So I was like becoming a musician. Right. Um, and that's, that kind of helped me sort of define myself, which helped it a, a, a bit. 
um, it actually gave me a hobby and, and, and made me, it gave me something interesting to talk about at least. Um, and then me and um, my buddy Ken, who's in, in guardrail with me right now, we, you know, we started a band when we were about 16 and we, we sucked, but like, <laughs> I mean, we had a blast and we thought we were the shit. Um, but then like still, I mean, I don't know. It just, yeah, I, I still really didn't, I, I, I didn't get my first girlfriend until like the last half of my senior year of high school. Um, just cause I, I, I don't know. I just was unsure of myself and, and trying to be something that I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable in my own self. Yeah. And I still struggle with that to this day, but like, I'm in a much better place now than I was when I was, you know, 16, 15. And it really comes down to the fact that I continued playing music. I continued to come back to that environment and that scene. And then I ended up becoming friends with other musicians and then playing in bands with other musicians and then kind of graduating from this band to this better band to this better band. And like, yeah. you know, I ended up like, you know, I was playing in this metal band called El Famous for a while. That was like kind of a, a pretty popular band here. And, and then also playing in guardrail at the same time. And it was like two completely different things. Cause you know, El Famous was like metalcore. Like we opened up for like asking Alexandria and every time I die and stuff like that, whereas guardrail yeah. is absolutely not that. Um, <laughs> But like it was still like I, I I finally was starting to in my mid twenties kind of figure myself out and get a little more confidence in myself, um, and it it sucks because being that I spent the first you know twenty something years of my life not being sure what the fuck I was or where I belonged or anything like that or just like you know hating every little flaw about me um i i just it, it was hard to really like express that and in in a healthy way at least right um so i kind of just bottled it up due to you know the the typical like talk to- toxic masculinity shit where like you know you don't you don't express your feelings like men don't cry kind of thing like I, it, it it was tough and it's still tough to this day i still have thoughts of just like are do all my, do my friends even like me like yeah. <laughs> you know and and it's hard and especially too like i'm kind of also the person who's i i i never want to be a, a debbie downer or like a buzzkill and so i'm i'm kind of always the one that's like in a shitty situation like hey like it's okay like cheer up you know and right. then like but then in the in the meantime i'm kind of like putting everyone else ahead of me because i don't want to show my weaknesses and I, i'm putting you know their happiness in front of mine and right. not paying enough attention to myself until it gets to a kind of a boiling point and then i kind of go into a fucking like like oh i don't want to do anything I, I feel like shit all day like just because i haven't addressed what's what's on my mind or what's bothering me or, or the anxiety I'm feeling or anything like that. So yeah. it's, it, it's, it's hard to try and express yourself. And like, luckily I have m- music to do that and I'm writing songs and trying to be, we're working on a full length record right now and I've never had to write so many lyrics in my life. <laughs> um, but I, I'm trying to explore that more, especially over the last, you know, cause of COVID I, we hadn't had that, you know, outlet 
right. to really take out our frustrations and take out our, our negative energies and, and, and stuff. And it, even still, we've, we've only played uh, three shows since like since COVID. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's mainly because we're like, start, we're going to be starting to record this record soon. So it's like, okay, we're spending a little more time on that. And it's like, Oh fuck, I just want to go out there and play every, every day. But I, can't like we got a show at the end of the month and then that's all we have for the rest of the year because december is like you know it's the holidays we're going to be putting the finishing touches on writing and but um yeah shit i'm going on a little tangent there but like you're fine yeah i I don't know it's 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 i've been trying to with these new songs sort of touch on a lot of that shit and i actually have a song that i was working on lyrics for last night i I finally like came up with a, a solid hook for it that's is the song's gonna be called buzzkill i think and it's just about that about like i i don't want to bring everyone else down with my shit i'd rather bring them up out of their shit and make sure they're happy and then i'll feel good that i did that but then it's like what i'm leaving my own needs um unattended yeah i've actually talked about that as well where um because i'm i'm very much the same way where i take care of everyone around me before i take care of myself to your point And, you know, I think there's a lot of people like that where we try to justify it that, well, if I take care of everybody else, you know, I'm going to feel good because now they feel good. But more often than not, the the good feeling you get from helping them doesn't offset the shit that you've been doing with yourself. So, like, mm-hmm. cool, they, they feel good. They don't have a problem. So now I can deal with my stuff. And then you're like, oh, shit. I let this pile up way too far, you know, like, yeah, how, how do I address it? Um, and then, yeah. you know, to your, your high school story, a couple things, you know, I think you and I had similar experiences in that I've referred to myself as a background character in high school because I was the same way. Yes. I was That's kind a good of friends, way to put it. Yeah. I was kind of friends <laughs> with everyone, but I was never like the head of a group or, right the the main cast if you will um and you know looking back do i care that much in high school at the time i definitely did but i don't talk to most of the people i graduated anymore so ultimately i don't give a fuck you know (laughs) but in those moments it's extremely difficult to not care because yeah high school's everything and then you go to college and you know whatever um but I think, you know, you and I also kind of, it sounds like, have a, a similar almost um, imposter syndrome that we deal with where, you know, do my friends like me? You know, they invite me to stuff, but do they just do it because they're nice or because they want me there? Shut up. <laughs> the new doll, or the, it's not new, is it? Uh, yeah, it was new had. the last time we talked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, she's uh, she's doing awesome. She's a year old now. Awesome, yeah. Our, our um, gotcha day was in September. Yeah. Sweet. She hears something, yeah, I, I guess. You know, I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's that a little bit of imposter syndrome, you know, where I know they invite me to things. I know I'm, you know, welcome to, to go to the movies with them and stuff. But are they just, like, really nice people or do they, they value me? You know, like, you have to try to figure that mm-hmm. out. And, like, there's no easy way to have that conversation, right? Like, you can't just go to somebody and be like, hey, so I know, I know. you invited me, but do you really want me to show up? 
Yeah, shit. I mean, I, I even get that, like, with people that are, like, the way absolutely would never think of me that way. But mm-hmm. then, like, like even, like, my bandmates or something like that, I'll be like, oh, like, do they even want to be in this band with me? Like, I, I'll just, like, right. <laughs> I, I don't know where, where that thought comes from. Like, am I being annoying? Am I doing this? And, and it's just, like, no, we're all in our 30s, and we're, we're busy. That's why they haven't responded to my text message yet. Like, relax, dude. Like, and then I'll go to band practice, and we hang out. We have a blast. Everything's fine. I go home. I'm like, see, what the fuck was I even thinking that for? You know? Yeah. It's, and it's just, it comes down to the whole, like, it, I, I just like regress to like where I was in high school is like oh shit like people don't like me because because uh, I'm not this or I'm not that but it's like I have no reason to think that anymore but I still do and yeah, yeah it's it's stupid yeah for sure and I mean I I wish I had answers uh I always preface yeah. these episodes in my little intro to them that you know we're not licensed counselors or therapists or anything like that so I don't have Far answers for you um <laughs> but you know I think just as importantly, you know, as seeking professional help is hearing people's real life experiences with it um, yeah. to relate, you know, back to the music thing where 90, 99% of people connect with with songs that they relate to. You know, it's not. Yeah, I, I use Justin Bieber all the time. One day, maybe I'll <laughs> actually get to talk to him and we'll he'll be like, Hey, remember when you said all this shit about me? And I'll be like, fuck. Uh, but, <laughs> but no, like, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not the biggest Justin Bieber fan. I, I haven't explored his music enough or whatever, but like, are people, yeah. you know, 20 years from now going to be like, man, baby changed my fucking life. And <laughs> without that, I mean, song... it changed mine. I mean, <laughs> especially Ludacris's part. That's the part that changed my life yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, versus, you and I both grew up with Alkaline Trio. Can I say that there are Alkaline yeah. Trio songs that are like, mm, man, if I didn't have that song at that moment, shit would be different. Yeah. 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 A thousand percent. They, um, you know, at the show I went to last weekend, they, they played a couple songs that I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I like, wasn't even singing along. I was just like staring at the stage. Cause I was just like, like just, just being in, in yeah it was just like yo that that song man i remember when i was, I was dealing with this bullshit and and you know I was, I was listening to that record like most of like w- when i started listening to that uh, agony and irony record like that was a, a weird time in my life where i was like <laughs> you know it, it it was definitely one of those records that was just like oh it was like super moody but it also like helped me out in a lot of ways and you know and they played some songs from that and i was like fuck yes like where like i'm not gonna go to a fucking lmfao show and <laughs> be like oh party rock anthem man that, <laughs> that song which i saw them once live and it was amazing but i would never like go because i was like yeah this this shit got me through some shit and like no it didn't it's yeah. <laughs> it's just silly party songs and you know and not to say that every music has to serve that purpose um but it's just you know being that we come from the the scene that we do it's it's definitely something that um is important to us yeah for sure and i think you know um even if we're gonna use people from our scene right like metro station shake it back in the day (laughs) great little party song yeah real depth to it whatsoever (laughs) yeah right fuck man i um it what one crazy thing that's that i i 
uh, a lot of times when I'm, I'm going down these like little fucking rabbit holes of like bullshit, I'll try and just be like, okay, let's stop thinking about like, like it's just like sort of a, a method for me to like deal with it is like, I'll, I'll go like, right, fucking shut up for a second. What think about you as a, you know, nine, 10 year old kid discovering punk rock music, trying to figure yourself out. What, what are some things that you're, that you have accomplished that if you told 10 year old you that you'd be like, what? Yeah. So then I like, I, I try to start listing those things in my head. Um, just about like, you know, like we, um, we have we played a show one time opening up for Jarrett from Bowling for Soup and he's one of my like huge songwriting um influences and um yeah especially after that show it that's that was the show that really made me want to like step up my lyric writing game because the first couple records that we put out were you know I, I I'm proud of a lot of those songs but like it wasn't a lot of me in them and Jared puts a lot of him in his lyrics. And that that's what makes it so relatable is because like, oh, you're getting his personality. And we played the show with him and hung out with him in the green room beforehand. I had a beer with him afterwards. He was like the nicest fucking dude, the realest dude. And um, you know, if I told you know 10, 11, 12 year old me that like I was hanging out in the green room with Jared Reddick, like I, I would blow my fucking mind or like or even going back to like more recently, like, uh, you know, when I, I discovered uh, that band, the Swellers, mm-hmm. when I was, uh, when it, it was 2000, like 2009 or 10 or something like that, when like the ups and downsizing record came out. Yeah. Um, you know, I was still like around my, you know, early 20s at that point, I guess. But like um, the, the reason Guardrail started was because I finally got to see them play and I was like, fuck why have i not been in like a skate punk band like this is what my life is like based on and i i haven't played in a band like this and that's how guardrail started and now we like we recorded the yikes ep with nick from the swellers and he's like a friend of ours now and and you know we just um last month we went up to his studio in the middle of fucking nowhere in michigan and just did like pre-pro and writing for like four days and just like hung out and just wrote shit and joked around and had had a good time and and it was just like it was such a cool thing to like reflect on and be like that's that's crazy that that, that dude like inspired me to start this band and you know hit him and his band and now we're, he's like our buddy and we're like working with him like right. i try to just go over little like i guess bragging points and just be like yeah. you did that that's fucking cool. That happened to you. That's cool. Um, you're you're not everything that you're worried about. You're also everything that you accomplish. Yeah, and that helps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I also want to throw back slight fun fact about uh, Jarrett that mm-hmm. maybe you probably know, being a big fan. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like maybe a lot of people don't know is Jarrett is actually the voice of Chuck E. Cheese on all the commercials yeah. and shit now, like. He has been for like the last 10 years or something. It's crazy that, you know, like if you would have told me growing up or you growing up too, listening to Bowling for Soup that, hey, one day that guy's going to be Chuck E. Cheese. Like, shut the fuck up. Get out of (laughs) here. Oh, my God. Yeah. That show that we played with him, it was cool because it was like he was almost doing like a storyteller's thing. He played for like two hours 
and he was just it was just him and an acoustic guitar and a fucking bucket of Miller lights and he was just like um telling stories about about moments in his career and he was he also went deep into his depression and and his mental health and how he gained a lot of weight and then was just the more he gained weight the shittier he felt about himself so then the more weight he gained because he wasn't taking care of himself and it just like was a downward spiral and yeah. but he he would also like joke about it he'd be like i know a lot of you guys probably haven't seen me in a while and you're thinking did that guy eat the singer of bowling for soup <laughs> nope it's just me like yeah. he was cracking jokes about it and i do the same shit where I'm feeling shitty about something and I start cracking jokes about it and it helps kind of bring me out of the, the, the sad spot. Right. Like, what are you doing? There, Hang on that. one second. Yeah, <laughs> one second. She's trying to get off the bed. I have a high bed and she is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Say hi. Okay. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. But no, that, that reminds me of, obviously it's, it's a comedy movie, but, um, Austin Powers, right? Fat Bastard makes the comment that he's unhappy because he's fat, but then he eats because he's unhappy. Like, right. so it, it becomes this this terrible like cycle. Um, and you know, I think I think that's true of a lot of people. Whether it's weight, self harm, whatever it is, like you start to feel bad about this thing, but then you can only by doing the thing that you're feeling bad about. And it's like you know, alcoholism, mm-hmm. whatever, like. I wish I didn't drink as much as I do, but you know, that's the only way I can unwind or whatever. And it's like, okay, but there's only a few ways to fix these things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jared's a great representation of that where at some point in his life and you and I too, to, to some extent, obviously we haven't figured out our lives entirely yet, but mm-hmm. um, you know, at some point it clicks that, okay, this thing that used to be a comfort, isn't anymore and it's juggling this fire of unhappiness so now how do i redirect and um, yeah i wish i had answers for that but i sure as fuck don't and i'm you know <laughs> like i said i'm 36 but it's one of those things that i think it's obviously varies for everyone um but i think what i wanted to kind of bring the point into is that's the beauty of music and when you start finding songs and music and community, like we've talked about for so long now that you can relate to the other stuff doesn't matter near as much. Right. Yeah. It's easier to say like, okay, today was a shitty fucking day. (laughs) I'm going to go home and put on, bring me the horizon and just fucking scream for, you know, 40 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And then at the end of that, we're going to be good. I'm going to move on to this next thing right yeah and i mean like another thing that i thought of too is just like coming back to the the whole like you know mental health in you know males um and it's just like you know there there's that whole stigma of like you know if you if you cry you're weak and if you show emotion you're weak like I always think of like in Always Sunny when he's like, oh, it's making me feel feelings again. Remember feelings? He's like, <laughs> yeah, I have feelings every day of my life. It's like, really? Like, that's that's insane. Yeah. There's people out there that are actually like that. Yeah, and it's, it, it's it sucks. Like, I just, uh, I don't know, five or six years ago, I just had a bunch of things happen that just kind of piled on top of each other. And I hadn't cried in years. <laughs> And I had like, you know, a, a, someone close to me was, was raped. I had several people that I was, you know, not, like luckily for my own 
well-being it was no one that I was like super super close to but I had several people that I know like either pass away or kill themselves or overdose and within like a time span of of a year and a half there was like five people that I I knew that either overdosed or killed themselves Uh, one of them just had a crazy seizure and died like it was just kind of a wild thing and all of that just like I it like I guess broke me but like I guess in a way that was healthy because I was able to finally like like let the emotions out and like it it really helped me be like shit okay I like forgot how to cry for the longest time just because of the because of the stigma around it I guess and it sucks and it's not like I was trying to be some sort of alpha male or whatever I just never thought to do it just wasn't in my in my wheelhouse of thinking so like being able to do that and actually like express how I was feeling fucking helped it did wonders for me and you know and then I ended up writing a song um our our song that's called Jane I wrote that about just like all the people that I lost it's it's just a very general thing about just like someone who died I didn't make it super specific or anything like that right um and it came from like the the very first one out of the list of I don't know six people or whatever was um my this friend of mine uh her name was Allison but her middle name was Jane and I kind of was just like okay, so Jane Doe, you know, it'd right. be like a sort of anonymous thing. So that's why I called yeah. the song that because like everyone sort of has that, um, you know, she ended up overdosing and uh, I sort of lost touch with her and it, I, I felt guilty for a while. I was like, fuck, like, I wish I didn't lose touch with her. What if like, you kind of pull the whole like, what if I was there, but maybe things would be different. And it's like, right. there's nothing you could do to change how things went like things went the way they went and there's nothing you could do about it so but for a while I was dealing with that shit and so then I wrote a song like what's a, what's a song uh, again I always had this in my head what's a song that I would want to hear during this going through this shit so then I wrote that song yeah. and it and it helped so like coming to terms with how you're feeling letting your emotions show is great and then being able to have an outlet like that even if it's not songwriting if it's fucking anything if it's sewing a a scarf just do something that like you know kind of helps you sort of therapeutically just like reflect on things and and come to terms with things and and you'll you'll be way better off in the long run because of that yeah and i i think you know it's Finding a method to cope is obviously crazy important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, and I know this isn't the way you're you're saying to do it either, but I want to make it clear that we're not saying like, don't address these feelings by burying yourself in something else. You know, like don't, <laughs> don't deflect into like, oh, I'm going to write songs because I feel shitty and then I don't have to think about this thing. Like to some extent, yes, but do it in a healthy way where you're still able to address the things that you're going through. Um, and yeah. I think, yeah, honestly, that song that I wrote, like um, the, when, when we wrote, it, it was the first song that we put out as this lineup of guardrail too. So like, yeah, it was, it was kind of a crazy thing. So it, it was a, an important song in a lot of different ways. Um, but now whenever I play that song, I'm like, thinking about all the people that i lost and i'm not sitting there just like it's not like it's a fucking movie reel or anything like that in my head but like you know you you sort of it's every time we perform that song it like 
it does something and it 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 helps even in the slightest way and the the first show that we played after this whole covid shit i mean it's still happening but you know post quarantine i guess yeah. um we played a show at the bottom lounge and we played with some friends of ours there's a solid ass crowd there's like 300 people there it was a it was a party there's pits all night we it was our show we ended up you know having an encore and we were just like fuck what do we play and we played that song and like not playing that song in so long playing it again like a lot of the emotions came back to me and then just like with the emotions of like this is our first show and uh fucking 17 months or whatever 18 months or whatever it's been and yeah (laughs) and just like with all that and then just seeing the the crowd having a fucking blast we had like you know people singing our songs that we'd never played live before like it was it was so crazy and like afterwards i just like as soon as we were done i just walked off stage and like walked in the dressing room and just kind of took a deep breath i was like oof, that was all that was heavy but i didn't just be like soak it up bitch like i I just i i took in how i was feeling it's like okay give myself a second before i go out there and talk to people and then okay i'm good and then and then i went out and it was it was very therapeutic to play that song i'm glad we ended up having an encore and playing that song because it it was good it was it 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 helps it helped me yeah i i think that goes back to our point that you know when you connect with songs like i've got songs that tie to different people throughout my life and and whatnot Mm -hmm. you know um kind of quickly yellow card uh they've got one year six months ago um yeah you know um life of a salesman like those remind me of Mm -hmm. my dad that album came out just before my dad passed and kind of carried me through that um and then i lost my brother to suicide about three and a half years ago so like there's a Mm. he and i bonded over blink 182 when we were growing up so like looking back like adam song and shit like that and i'm like fuck like adam song is about my brother like there was a lot of times where like you know looking back it it's there's so much just personal connection to it. And I think, you know, to your point, what I was trying to get at here is there are times where like, I'll listen to those songs. Like I haven't, I'll be honest. I haven't listened to Adam's song in probably six or eight months. I'll probably listen to it after this. Um, Mm -hmm. And I know like the same thing you're saying, it's going to hit me and I'm going to be like, "Mm, yeah, that's fucking heavy, but it, it's a good kind of heavy where it's like, okay, you know, here's my remembrance of this, this thing this time this period whatever these people and i can just let it breathe for a little bit mm-hmm. and that's okay you know like you need to do that from time to time right yeah a thousand percent just you know you got to feel those feelings <laughs> that's yeah. Yeah. what it comes down to man like you just gotta you gotta just do it don't don't fucking sit there and bottle that shit up because it's not healthy for you and and you're never gonna feel good again if you if you don't actually like address these situations and these feelings and these emotions and and it sucks that there's a stigma around that and um i I, especially after i turned 30 i just stopped giving a fuck like (laughs) just like whatever i'm feeling sad uh whatever like i I, i'd go to fucking shows now and they play a song i just start crying like what the (laughs) i i um the first like real legit show i went to after you know the whole covid shit shit uh situation was um there was a Lollapalooza after show with Limp Biscuit and Spirit Box. 
Yep. And I've been listening to Limp Bizkit since I was like 10 or 11 years old. I was like 12 when Chocolate Starfish came out. I like, you know, it was it was at the Metro. So it was like a fucking 1100 cap room. It was Spirit Box. The Metro, though. Yeah. The Metro is so tight. Oh. Fucking like Spirit Box's first show in the US ever. So that was dope. And um, I don't know if you've listened to Spirit Box at all. Yeah. Um, they they ended their set with that song Constance. It's like about her grandmother having like dementia. Yeah. And like that song is just a heavy song. Just like not musically, just content wise. It's just so heavy. And that was like the holy shit. This is the first time I've been in a real live music setting in so long. And, you know, since February of 2020. And uh, it, was, it was right at the end of July when the show happened. And I was just like, oh jesus christ and then just like i just cried a little bit while yeah. they're playing that song and then like and then thank god they did this because like they end with that song and it's just like fuck and she was singing it so well and everything and then as soon as they walk off stage we're all kind of just sitting there like what the fuck just happened like that was crazy right. and then over the pa they played the fucking jeffrey bezos bo burnham song yeah. and i was like yeah. oh, cool okay they brought the mood back up i'm so yeah. happy they did that yeah. Now I can party for Limp Biscuit, and even still during Limp Biscuit, I like lost my voice. I was having a fucking blast, like just screaming all the words to everything. And they had uh, they they had TV screens on either side of the stage that had the lyrics to every single song they played, like karaoke <laughs> in <Yeah>. Comic Sans. <laughs> so just seeing the the lyrics to Hot Dog flying up in Comic Sans, just it was it was incredible. <laughs> but yeah. but like I don't know, just the fact that I cried at a Limp Biscuit show is just like what. Yeah, what is, crazy. what is life, you know? What is yeah, life? but I'm just like, whatever, dude, just just let it happen. And that's, I think, what more people have to do is just let it happen. Yeah. And you're not, a, you're not a fucking baby for letting it happen. No. You're a human you're, being. Exactly. I was just getting ready to say you're a human being that has emotions. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, that's life. Um, that's everything, man. I appreciate this. So we're going we're gonna to do a different yes. little outro, but... Uh, I think that's a perfect point to kind of end on is, you know, that if you go to a show or do whatever you do, whether if you love movies, whatever it is that your thing is, mm -hmm. and it triggers something in you and you fucking cry, who cares? Like, you're yeah. allowed to fucking have emotion. Do it. Just, yeah. just live with, like, I say live with it in the sense of, like, what's the absolute worst thing that could happen if somebody sees you crying? Hey man, you're kind of a fucking pussy for crying. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> See you later. Like, that's me. I right. don't know, man. I, 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 um, the the last Riot Fest before COVID, so 2019, against me was playing, and they played that song "Dead Friend," and I just saw a guy all by himself, just like singing his heart out, and just like tears streaming down his face. Yeah. And I'm just like, that dude lost someone real important to him, and this song is helping him get through that. Yeah, and. Unfortunately, I'm sure people look at him and go like, look at this fucking guy, he's crying over here. But I'm, I I saw that, I knew what the song was about. I know, I see that and I saw myself in him and I'm just like, good for him. He's he's yep. dealing with it yeah. in, a, in a healthy way. And Absolutely. Yeah, and just you, you just got to do that for yourself. Yeah, for sure. So uh, to kind of wrap up what I've been doing on Musicians for Mental Health is obviously you're a musician so we want to talk about the band a little bit let people know yeah. you know where they can find you and stuff like that but before we do that i want to point out that 
in 2020 was the first ever you make the scene awards uh for my site yeah and you guys won sleeper of the year for 2020 we did <laughs> fuck yeah you have to refer to us now as award winners guardrail whenever yeah. you speak about us now so um fuck yeah i'm, I'm so happy that happened it's like <laughs> A cool little like we we throw that in all our like press kits and shit as like a bragging point <laughs> for our band like yeah we won sleeper of the year for this fucking podcast so um so you may as well book us you know right um yeah but yeah, Hell yeah. let's uh you know you touched on it obviously at the very beginning when you did the introduction but like what is guardrail where can they find you guys like what should they expect obviously we've talked about writing new music and stuff too but like just kind of mm-hmm. give the the whatever it is three minute five minute promo for for what guardrail is yeah I'll, I'll make it as snappy as i can because my phone's gonna die soon so um <laughs> i uh yeah we're we're a band called guardrail we're from chicago we've been a band for a couple two three years um we uh we put out a record called yikes on open your ears records last year it's an ep it's six songs if you're 30 or over you'll appreciate it even more but even as a younger person like we had a lot of younger people like reach out to us too and say they could even relate to a lot of the shit so um go check it out it's on all the all the shit um you know the spotify's your apple music's all the shit um we had a, a we put a single out this year called social meteor and it's about like just like stop just posting on facebook go live your life and have a good time yeah. um and you know we put a music video out for that and everything that's all up on the streaming services as well currently working on a full length uh hopefully we're aiming to hopefully have that out in like the beginning of the summer um, where I think we, we just booked our, our first day of recording drums in January. So, um, so keep an eye out for that, I guess. Um, we are, I don't know if this is, when is this going to be out? Do you know, uh, this one will be double check. I believe the first week of December. Okay. okay so you are going to be December 6th. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So we will have already played the show, but we, we have a show at the end of the month. But we don't have any anything else coming up until um, until next year, show wise. Um, we do a show every year called Snooze Fest, and it's a punk rock pajama party. Um, we were a little delayed on getting it booked this time, obviously, just due to the world. But um, we have it set for February nineteenth, and um, I'm not sure if it'll be announced by um, by then or not. But fuck it, uh, if if not you heard it here first kids right <laughs> um and so that'll be exciting we got a great lineup for that so keep your eyes open for that uh, if you're in the chicago area um and then otherwise yeah just follow us on all the shit um you know on instagram and and uh twitter we're gar- at guardrail sucks um and yeah shit that's that's about it honestly yeah no, that was that was a perfect one. I have people all the time that are like, I don't know how to pitch my band, and I'm like, you're you're in a fucking band. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, no, man, I I really appreciate it. I I love talking to you, and I'm super excited for this new album. Uh, for anyone who made it this far, on the Yikes EP, I want to point out too that you got to work with fucking Garrett Rap, which is super badass. Yeah, um, that was so exciting. you know. Yeah, let's let's throw that out as a little plug too. So, um, no, I, I'm I'm ready for it, man. We'll you know do what we can to help promote and and all that when that all comes out. But um, oh yeah, when I jump over to Instagram, is I assume the show posters up right on your Instagram for or the end of the month. Yes. Okay, so I'll get over it. I'll share that too. So 
tight. We'll, we'll see that. So, uh, awesome. yeah, man, that's everything. I super appreciate it. Thanks so much yeah. for, for being honest and open. And it's not easy to have these types of conversations. So, you know, I, I yeah. And I don't get to have them enough. So it was, it was, uh, it was a very like positive thing for me to have this conversation, even, even though it's being recorded and broadcasted to the masses, but I mean, yeah, fuck it. It's, it's good. I, I, I felt like, uh, I I needed this. So, um, and hopefully anyone who's listening, can relate to some of my shit. And if you're, if feel free to hit me up too, I'm on Instagram at naughty jacuzzi. Um, (laughs) It's just a, one of those, someone said it, and I was like, oh, new band name, and that's just what I just took that as my Instagram. But yeah, just hit me up. Fuck it. Just say like, hey, yeah, I feel you, sure, or just well, let's be friends. Fuck it. For sure. So yeah, and you know how to contact me if if you need anything, whatever, like hell yeah, whatever happens, happens, you know. Uh, so yeah, we'll get this all going, and I appreciate your time, brother. Awesome. Appreciate you too. Good to see you made it through the COVID bullshit, and you're still yeah. kicking ass. Um, yeah. yeah, let's do this again one of these days, huh? Yeah, absolutely, man. Alrighty. All right, later. Later, man. And that was my conversation with Kevin Andrew of the band Guardrail. Um, really, again, just a huge thank you to him for being open and honest and having this conversation with me. Um, if you've made it this far, you just heard there at the kind of the end of the conversation, him saying that, you know, it was a conversation that he needed to have and that he was thankful that he had uh, with me, even though it is being recorded and broadcasted for everyone else. Um, I think it goes to show that, you know, um, these conversations, while they may be uncomfortable sometimes, they may be difficult, um, they're meaningful, they're important, and, you know, it doesn't always have to be a therapist or a counselor or anything like that. You know, sometimes just talking with a friend and being able to kind of unload that burden and not to make them pick it up or anything like that, but just to say, you know, these are things that I deal with. These are things I struggle with, whatever it is. Um, Or maybe, you know, some of the conversation that we had you know this is something that I went through in high school and you know that explains why I am the way that I am sometimes and these conversations matter um you know mental health is I believe becoming more prevalent it is becoming more widely accepted to be talked about it is still very uncomfortable it is still very stigmatized um but I think the point that I want to make with that is that there are more people willing to hear your story than let's rephrase that. There are more people that would rather you be able to tell your story than have to tell your story because you're not here to tell it. Um, it's incredibly important to reach out the holidays are always difficult. This episode's going live at the beginning of De- uh, December. Um, so, you know, hopefully if you listen to this episode, you're encouraged and empowered and maybe have some tools and, and conversations that 
are going to be beneficial and and help you through some tough times so um again kevin huge shout out to you really appreciate you taking the time to have this conversation with me um definitely want you guys you know the podcast is about mental health but it's also about the musicians so head over to instagram spotify facebook Apple Music, wherever you stream music, YouTube, whatever, and check out the band Guardrail. Um, they have some really, really dope stuff out. Um, it's punk, you know, the diet punk thing came from they're punk, but not so heavily punk that it ostracizes anyone or, you know, kicks anybody out of being able to enjoy their music. So, um, yeah. Thanks again, Kevin. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Be sure you like, subscribe, follow, share this podcast. Um, I'm very, very proud of my other podcast, but this podcast means the world to me. And I just hope that you guys are gaining some knowledge from it, some personal uh, insights, maybe some emotional intelligence and maybe some new perspectives and and knowledge and you'll be able to address things in a better way or be able to pick up signals and signs to address maybe some um actions and and things that your behaviors that your friends are are demonstrating so thank you guys um that's everything for this episode as always Remember to take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.